Good morning and welcome to this Monday morning chapel. Let's begin by standing and turning in our hymnals to number 16, God is here among us. The blue hymnal, number 16. Welcome. Despite it being a Monday, this is a chapel, not a convo, in recognition of Holy Week. Holy Week is a celebration around the world in remembrance of the days before Jesus' crucifixion. This is a time to celebrate, or to reflect on ourselves and the world, and to be mindful of the suffering around us. Despite the suffering, however, there is hope. We light the Christ candle now in the recognition that God is with us, God has not forsaken us, and God is working in the world. God who hears what is too deep for words. Beneath all our prayers for healing, you perceive the buried hope. Behind all our questions, you understand the hidden longing. Amidst all our busyness, you hear the struggle to pray. God who hears what is too deep for words, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. And now we invite you to stand up and pass the peace. Please greet the people around you.
a sax version of Come Ye Disconsolate, I was sitting in a classroom. I had started graduate work at Iliff School of Theology in Denver, and that spring day I sat and had taken my seat for the next round of Transformation of Persons, Transformation of Societies, taught by Dr. Vincent Harding. Some of you may recognize that name or remember um, Vincent Harding, either from your knowledge of the Civil Rights Movement or from his presence here on the Goshen campus a couple years ago as the keynote speaker for the Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Vincent Harding, thoughtful, centered, prophetic, when he walked into class each day, the rustling and the murmuring stopped and we sat in silence as he ritually took out a tape cassette and placed it into the antiquated tape player. And we listened to whatever music he brought that day. We were often moved to tears before we even entered into discussion about how people are changed and how societies are changed, how we are transformed. On this particular day, the soulful, jazz sax version of Come Ye Disconsolate stirred deep inside me, bringing up feelings of sadness and loss, of suffering and bearing witness to suffering that I had endured 
up until that point in my young life. I knew this song from my previous three and a half years in Atlanta. Seems that the last time I had heard it, it was at a funeral. It was not uncommon, particularly in African-American churches, for come ye disconsolate to be sung at funerals. Come ye disconsolate, where'er ye languish, come to the mercy seat, fervently kneel. Here bring your wounded hearts, tell of your anguish. Earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. As tears welled up in my eyes, I was transported back to a year earlier and found myself standing in the dark in a circle of people on a cold night on the grounds of the Georgia State Penitentiary in Jackson, Georgia. The only light came from the massive security system surrounding the barbed wire enclosure and that of the flickering candles held by the circle of nuns and activists and acquaintances of Roosevelt Green Jr., a man about to be killed by the state of Georgia in the electric chair. We stood close together, singing, Someone's Crying, Lord, Come By Here, and a subdued version of this little light of mine. As was the custom, the execution was scheduled to begin at midnight. A few minutes before midnight, a truck raced in to the pro-death penalty section about 20 feet from our anti-death penalty circle, that circle that had gathered to bear witness to the injustices of that night and the injustices that led to that night. But in that moment, three hooded Klansmen stepped out of the truck and positioned themselves facing our circle. As we sang this little light of mine, they began chanting, burn, burn, burn. And they kept chanting until the deed was done. And the state of Georgia had killed Roosevelt Green Jr. The Klansmen cheered, got back in their truck, and drove away. Troubled, disturbed, grieving, and with deep sadness, we silently blew out our candles, walked to our cars, and drove home the hour to Atlanta in silence. Here speaks your comforter, tenderly saying, Earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot cure. As the jazz sax gave voice to the passion of the song, other images passed through my mind. The image of my 10-year-old friend Mark, when the judge in juvenile court sentenced him to two weeks in solitary lockup for the crime of truancy, and the look of terror in his tear-filled eyes, and the sound of wailing from his mom, not my baby as the guards held her back and other guards handcuffed Mark's little wrists and led him through the iron doors. And the image of 11-year-old Sylvia and her mom, broken and battered and bruised, and like so many others, like her, forced to make money through selling her body so that her children could have something to eat 
and the trauma of it all leading to self-medication and more abuse and more neglect and more broken lives. And the image of our neighbor Harold, a veteran of a long-lost war, sitting in his wheelchair on the front porch, having lost both of his legs to alcoholism, religiously smoking his cigarettes and generously offering one to anyone who passed by. How friendly he was when he was sober and how scary he was when he was drunk. And the sadness of that day when I walked past Harold's porch and he was there no longer. Which led to images of my own father and alcoholism and the rage and the abandonment and of my hatred and my fear of him and the profound guilt that came from hating my father and the profound brokenness that came from fearing him. Here speaks your comforter, tenderly saying, Earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot cure. It's been many years now since I sat in that classroom listening to that cassette tape, but the memory is still vivid. Academics with tears in our eyes, unable to adequately put words to what was happening, not wanting or needing to analyze, but needing to listen, needing to hear, needing to be touched in our struggles and our brokenness. In recent weeks, we at Goshen College have borne witness to significant suffering. The Rwandan genocide, the shared stories through Goshen monologues, the pain and struggle around the hiring policy, numerous anticipated changes that cause uncertainty and stress, not to mention the struggles inherent in the end of the semester, finals, projects, papers, pressure, angst, worry. And now into the middle of all this comes this image, this story passed down from generations of people who have tried to find their way through this life and tried to find their way to God. The image of Jesus, the God who suffers with us. As the sorrow and suffering begin for him in earnest, he breaks the bread with his friends and he says, this, this is my body. And he takes the cup and says, this is my blood shed for you sharing in your suffering, present in your pain, taking part in your struggles and in your sorrows. Every time you eat, every time you drink, remember me, the one who has shown you the way of suffering love, the one who has offered you the freedom that comes with forgiveness, the one who will take on all of the suffering and the evil and the violence of the cosmos so that you don't have to keep hurting each other. This is my body broken for you so that maybe, just maybe, you will understand how very much you are loved. And then maybe you will be able to live in the midst of the struggle and the sorrow with some hope. So the song echoes on. 
Here, see the bread of life, see water flowing forth from the throne of God, pure from above. Come to the feast of love, come ever knowing that earth has no sorrow but heaven can remove. Students, friends, colleagues, we need Holy Week because there is too much pain and suffering in our world for us to bear it on our own. Holy Week invites us and indeed begs us to acknowledge the pain and the suffering and the guilt and the anguish that is so pervasive in our world and in our lives. It invites us to sit with Jesus in this pain, the God who has said, I am with you. It invites us to allow the cup of suffering love to be salve for our wounds, allowing the tears of Jesus to anoint us for our healing, and ultimately for the healing of the nations and for the healing of the whole of creation. It invites us to allow ourselves to be tenderly held in the arms of a loving God. If we are to be people of hope in this world, in the face of sorrow and struggle, we do well to embrace Holy Week and all the mysterious and all-encompassing love that meets us in this place where we are, yes, raw and vulnerable and so thoroughly loved. This is the good news of Holy Week. Yes, it is hard, and for many years I tried to avoid Holy Week because I couldn't put it all together. But at this stage in my life, it's become clearer. If we are going to be living out God's purposes of love in this world, we need to ground ourselves in this reality of Christ's presence and Christ's deep love that we are invited to in Holy Week. Would you please turn in your hymnals to 497, Come Ye Disconsolate.
might help you to hold your pain and your struggles and your suffering before God? What might help you to receive the embrace of our loving God so that you can carry on in hope? This morning we want to offer a few possibilities. You may want to remain in your seat silently, thinking, praying, reflecting. Or you may want to pray around the cross. You are welcome to come up and kneel around the cross. Or you may want to be anointed with oil on your forehead or on your hand. And two of the worship assistants will be over here with oil. You may want to light a candle as a sign of hope in the midst of the struggles. The candles are right here. You can light your candle from the Christ candle and then put it in one of the trays. And you may want to come to the Feast of Love and receive communion, remembering that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body broken for you. And in the same way, he took the cup and said, this is the new covenant of my, of covenant of love poured out for you. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, remember me. Would you please pray with me? God of love, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of pain, we long for you, for your comfort, for your empowering spirit, for forgiveness that frees us to be your people of love in this world, a world that is so bent on hatred and violence. We bring our wounded hearts, and if we are so fortunate, so as not to have hearts that are wounded. We bring the wounded hearts of our brothers and sisters here and around the world, that all might be comforted, all may be healed, and all may be held in your love. In Jesus' name, amen. As Jacob plays the sax, I invite you to look inside yourself and tend to what it is that you need this day. And then when you are ready, feel free to uh, make your way to any or all of the stations. May we all meet Christ in this time.
We're going to sing one more song. Before we do, I want to offer you a benediction, recognizing it is one thing for us to be present to our pain when we gather in this space and in this worship. Also recognizing that when we go out from this place, then there's all kinds of stuff that comes at us. My prayer for you is that you may be mindful of the presence of Christ with you, sustaining you, giving you hope, and giving you a sense of vision when it feels like you can't see light. May you know the solidarity of Christ who has suffered and who sits with you in your struggles. May you know the comfort of the Holy Spirit, sustaining you, giving you hope and vision. And may you know the presence of the risen Christ as close to you as your breath, as real to you as the touch of a friend, offering healing and hope to us all the time. And indeed, to the whole of the world. Amen. Please join in singing with us. I see a new world coming, found in your hymnal worship book, number 323. Thank you. 